glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Well, amen. Thank you for everybody for your faithful attendance and your prayers and uh, your involvement in all that's been done. It's just been a, uh, it's been a joy for me. I'll just be honest. It's been a joy for me uh, to be here uh, this week in this meeting. Let me... Just say this, uh, we are uh, going to be shipping that uh, uh, those 26,000 Bibles, whole Bibles, to Samoa uh, shortly, uh, probably in the month of December, and uh, then we'll also be shipping a container to Zambia, Africa, and we've got a trip planned to Zambia, uh, the latter part of March, 10 days, we've got brochures back there if you didn't already get one, and then there'll be a trip planned to uh, Peru, uh, South America, in uh, the first part of July. And then in the latter part of July, we'll be going to Brazil. You saw the young man there at the end of the video. That's a new church plan. It was just started this year. We're going to be there for their first uh, one-year anniversary and uh, be working with them. And so if you would like to get involved and come to a trip, I know many of you are already praying and planning on going. And if you'd like to go, uh, you can go. And uh, I've said, I wrote this down one day. I said, you can go, but you don't have to stay. You can work, but you don't have to stay. You can serve, but you don't have to stay. You can pray, but you don't have to stay. You can encourage, but you don't have to stay. You can sow, but you don't have to stay. Amen? And so short-term missions trip, that's something that we are blessed with in our day of modern transportation. Uh, We're able to get around. You read stories about uh, men, pioneer missionaries, uh, several couple hundred years ago, and it would take them months to even get to where they were going, and by boat and so on. And today we're able to just jump on a plane and be somewhere else on the other side of the world within 24 hours. And uh, God's given us some tremendous, tremendous opportunities. And uh, so we will pray about that. Amen. I know some churches now that have really gotten a hold of this, about their people going to the field, not just sending money to the field, but sending people, manpower to the field, and they've made that part of their missionary budgets where they can help people, uh, not pay all of it, but just help them. Uh, you're sending short-term, short-term missionaries out of your own church. And it has an effect, amen, it's had an effect on this church, and a very positive one. So, All right, let's look at Matthew chapter 13 tonight, Matthew chapter 13. And uh, you've been sitting, well, no, we'll just let you sit. You've been standing up and down all night. We'll let you sit. Matthew chapter 13, uh, familiar passage of Scripture uh, here tonight. And I believe the Lord has directed us to go this direction. I've tried working and, and trying to get a message together uh, yesterday day, most of the day, and then this morning. And uh, it was just one of those that I'll probably preach it sometime somewhere, but it didn't gel for here. And uh, But this is uh, what the Lord put on our heart. Trust it be a blessing to you uh, this evening. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. The Bible said, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went out, or that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitudes stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. 
And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, if you will, jump on down to verse 18. Jesus now is going to give the interpretation of the parable uh, that he has just spoken. In verse 18, he said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. He that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and, and some thirty. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for the precious word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the meeting this week. And, dear Lord, we pray now as we continue uh, this church seeks your will, Lord, concerning uh, their being involved in missions in this coming year. I pray, God, that they would each uh, find the will of God for them individually and by faith just be obedient to you. And, uh, dear Lord, we trust you for fruit. And, Lord, we ask you now, please direct our thoughts and words again tonight. We need you, Lord, please. And, Holy Spirit, speak to each heart, meet every need, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with this parable called the parable uh, of the sower. Uh, in Matthew chapter 13, beginning in Matthew 13, Jesus is going to give seven parables concerning uh, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And Matthew chapters uh, 5, 6, and 7, uh, Jesus there gives the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and there he talks about the nature of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, what it's like when when God rules on the earth and what it's the nature of the kingdom. But here, Jesus is talking about the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, up until chapter 12 here, uh, it's repeated over and over that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, the kingdom, Jesus coming to be the Messiah and set up his kingdom on the earth was being offered to his people, the nation of Israel. And as you know, by the time you get to Matthew chapter 12, they have rejected him. The religious leaders are seeking to kill him, to destroy him. And now we find in chapter 13, from here on out, you will not find the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because the offer of the kingdom has been refused. And now Jesus begins to explain the mysteries of the kingdom. And what this, this time period is, is the time between Jesus leaving this world and going back to his Father and coming back again to set up his kingdom on the earth. In other words, he's talking about the mysteries of the church age 
in which you and I live in. And so we find here, uh, as he speaks this parable, and this parable, parables are designed uh, to hide truth from those who do not believe and reveal truth to those who do. And so tonight, if you're saved, uh, there's something here for us to understand. As you know, I'm sure most of you realize there's symbolism here, there's typology here. The Bible talks about a sower going forth to sow, and he's sowing seed. As we read these passages, and you can read about this parable again in Mark chapter 4 and also in Luke chapter 8. Three different Gospels record this parable. Uh, But in each one of those cases, uh, the sower going forth to sow, and then he's sowing the seed. The seed very clearly in the interpretation of these parables represents the Word of God. And I'm glad, thank God, we have the seed of the Word of God tonight. We talk about bearing precious Seed. We're talking about bearing the precious word of God tonight. The Bible says that, that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. And so the seed here is the word of God. It is being sown. And you find in these parables, this parable, four different kinds of ground that the seed falls upon. Four different kinds of ground. As we read these parables, uh, we find that those four different kinds of ground or four different types of soil represent four different conditions of the human heart that the seed of the Word of God, when it is being sown, falls on. Amen. That's exactly what that means. As you and I go out and we sow the seed of the Word of God, and by the way, the sower here, I believe ultimately Jesus Christ is the sower of the seed. When he was here on the earth, he preached and taught the Word of God continuously. He was sowing the seed of the Word of God. And you know what that seed, his words did? Some of it fell on one kind of ground. Some of it fell on another kind of ground. But each one of those types of ground represents the condition of the human heart that heard uh, those messages from his words. Then we find not only is the Jesus Christ the sower of the seed, but the Holy Spirit of God is the sower of the seed. You and I can put the, so, the seed of the Word of God into someone's hand, but it takes the Holy Spirit of God to put it into their heart. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit of God to work as we sow the seed. But also, I believe we can apply this tonight to our lives, that you and I are sowers of God's seed, His Word. As we go, as we're preaching the Word of God, we're sowing the seed. As we teach in Sunday school, we're sowing the seed. As you give out gospel tracts, we're sowing the seed. As you knock doors and leave John and Romans on doors and in businesses and so on, we're sowing the seed. As the as this broadcast goes out over the air and over the internet, the so the seed is being sown. When you have the radio broadcast, the seed is being sown. When you support a missionary on the foreign field and he's over there going house to house like Brother Savali and he's giving out the Bible, giving out the Word of God and preaching the Word of God, the seed is being sown. But whether it's by radio or by preaching in a church house or by giving somebody a gospel track or a John and Romans or a whole Bible in Samoa, my friend, that seed is going to fall on four different kinds of hearts. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Now tonight, most of the time when we look at this parable, we're focusing on those four different kinds of hearts that the Word of God is falling on. In other words, the recipients of that seed. 
uh, the people that are receiving that word of God. I would like to flip this thing around tonight. And I want us to consider not the, not the heart of the people receiving the word of God. But I want us to consider tonight the heart of the sower. That's you and I. Amen. You and I that give out the tracts. You and I that talk to someone about the Lord. You and I that give out the John and Romans. You and I that support the, the radio ministry and the, and the, the, uh, the missionaries that are sowing the seed. Uh, the hearts of the sower. Is that important? Is the condition of our heart tonight as the sowers of God's seed important? Amen. You'll notice in these, in these four conditions of the heart, of these four conditions of the ground, there's only one type of soil that bears fruit. That's the last one. Amen. Now, as sowers of God's seed, of His Word, I believe every one of us are involved in, in the matter of getting the gospel to people. I believe every one of us want to see fruit, amen, in the lives of those people. But what about fruit in our own life? in our personal lives. And so tonight I want to take these parables and some things that the Lord said about the hearts of people that would receive the Word of God, and I want us to, I want us to apply that tonight to the hearts of us who are the sowers of the seed of the Word of God. Now notice, if you will, first of all, i got, I got some names for these hearts. This is nothing original, very simple. Uh, but first of all, the Bible talks about, Jesus talked about there, if you will, again, look in verse 4. Uh, Jesus said, and when he sowed, when the sower sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. So you have a wayside heart. Amen. Uh, and look, if you will, in verse uh, uh, four or verse 9. Jesus here again. Uh, uh, no, it's not verse 9. Verse 19. And when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now that wayside heart, that wayside ground was ground that would be alongside of the road that people walked on and, and walked over it and walked over it and walked over it till it became very, very hard. It would be almost like concrete. And when the sower would go along and sow the seed of the word of God, some of that seed would fall on that type of ground. That wayside heart. You know what that represents? That represents a hard heart. Have you ever tried to witness to somebody or give somebody a track that had a wayside heart? That had a hard heart? I mean, it was so hard, they, they wanted nothing to do with the gospel. They wanted nothing to do with the word of God. It, and so we know that there's people out here that we try to reach with the gospel who have wayside hearts. They have hardened hearts. The word of God doesn't penetrate it. Amen. And as a matter of fact, the Bible talks about how the fowls of the air come and take that seed and carry it away. And then he goes on to tell us in the other parables, in the other Gospels, that that fowl of the air represents the devil, represents Satan. How Satan can come along, even though the Word of God has fallen on that hard heart, Satan can come along and take that seed and take that Word out of that heart before it can have any effect in that life. Now let me ask you this tonight. Not only is it possible for lost people out here to have a hard heart, but is it possible for we who are sowers to get a hard heart? 
In other words, we've been involved in sowing. We've been involved in missions. We've been involved in door knocking. We've been involved in witnessing. But somewhere along the line, our heart begins to get hard. The word, to where the word of God no longer has an effect on our heart. Have you ever been there as a Christian? Have you ever had a time in your life when your heart was hardened? It could have been hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Amen. Sin and its deception can harden our heart. Listen, we get a little secret sin in our lives. My friend, it doesn't lie dormant. It begins to harden our heart against God, against the Holy Spirit of God, against the Word of God. And we sit in a service and we can hear the Word of God being sown and being preached and that Word not penetrate our heart. My friend, as a sower of the seed, as a preacher of the gospel, as a teacher of a Sunday school class, as a door knocker, as a missionary on the field, our hearts can get hard because of some sin in our life. Amen? Our hearts can be hardened by some sin. It can be hardened by sorrow. Sorrow can harden our hearts. It can be hardened by disappointments. It can be trodden on by people. People doing us wrong. People hurting us. Amen. People can get to the point where their hearts begin to get hard when things happen in their lives and they begin to get bitter and they get angry at God and begin to blame God and they begin to back off from God and and they get hard toward the toward God and His Word. Now what's going to happen when you and I as sowers get a hard heart? All that Word we're getting and receiving is going to be taken away. And it won't be long. We won't be sowing anymore. Oh, I could name you tons of people who used to be faithful sowers of the Word of God. Some of them on mission fields, missionaries. Some of them pastors of churches. Some of them evangelists. Some of them teachers, Sunday school teachers. Some of them great witnesses and great soul winners. But they're no longer sowing. They're no longer getting the word of God out because somewhere along their line, their hearts became hardened toward the things of God and toward God himself. For whatever reason it was, they got hard, hard, and they're no longer sowing. And so instead of abounding in the work of God, now they're absent. Amen. You say, that never happened to me. My friend, it can happen to any of us. Any of us. How we need to guard our hearts against getting hard in any area. No matter what the reason. If sin creeps in, we need to be quick to confess our sins and forsake our sin. Amen. If disappointments and sorrows come in, we need to pour out our heart to God and tell Him, here's how I feel. Lord, I've been disappointed. I've been hurt. I'm broken hearted. And God, I don't want my heart to get hard toward you. God, help me. God will. But if we let it go, it'll get hard. It won't be long. We won't be sowing anymore. I want you to notice not only we see the wayside heart here, the, the hard heart. And oh, how Satan loves to get that, get us in that kind of a place. Amen. 
Isn't it amazing? You watch people that grow up in church. They grow up in Christian families. They grow up in the gospel continuously. uh, But we call them gospel-hardened. They've heard it, and they've heard it, and they've heard it. Uh, Is the seed still powerful? Is the word still quick and alive and powerful? Yes, but what happens? That heart gets hard. Amen. So I find here there's the the sower is possible to have a hard heart toward the things of God just like a sinner. See, I used to think this all applied only to either saved or lost people. But you know what I found out after looking at my own life? There are times in my life when my heart is hard toward God. And I'm saved. But my heart gets hard. Somebody does something to me, and I'm not, I'm not able to forgive them, or I don't forgive them. I get bitter about something, get angry about something. I, I, I get, I get uh, blindsided by something. Or some sin creep in. I'm telling you, tonight we need to understand, if we're going to continue to abound in the work of the Lord, we must guard our hearts from getting hard. Allow God to break your heart. You know what the cure for a hard ground is? Drop that big plow in and break it up. Amen. Let the plow of the Word of God tear that heart up. Amen. He can and he will. It can be painful, but it's what's needed. So there's the the wayside heart, the hard heart. Then I want you to notice the second one again in chapter 13, if you will, in verse 20. He said, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now you and I, I'm sure you have seen people that you give them the word of God, and you give them the gospel, and I mean they get excited about it, they receive it, They receive it with joy. They receive it with gladness. They even may make a prayer and pray to God in excitement. And boy, I'm telling you, they're just so excited and and glad. And then in a week or two, you can't even find them. I call this the emotional heart. Here we find people, the Word of God falling on the heart of people uh, that are responding simply by emotion. And you know what that stony ground is? It's it's shallow. It looks good on the top. It looks good from the top side. There's soil on it. It may be an inch deep. It may be two inches deep. But underneath there is full of rocks and gravel. And there's the root system's not going to have anything to grow to. And that's like an emotional heart. In other words, we run our on our emotions and it doesn't last. Let a little problem come up. Let a little persecution come up. Let a little tribulation come up. And all of a sudden, because of the Word, because of their trust in Christ, because of their getting excited about the things of God, but when they begin to see there is a cost involved, a price involved, then all of a sudden, they're offended. And you see them no more. Now, you know what? 
It's not hard to come to a meeting like this. You hear message after message after message about serving God, about believing God, about seeing the need, about uh, about what God is able to do, about the opportunities that we have, and get emotionally excited about it. And that's good. But it needs to run deeper than that. Because I guarantee you, whatever decision you make for God in the right way is going to be challenged. Whatever decision you make, my friend, uh, you're going to, there is going to be a, t- a price tag down the road somewhere. You are going to be confronted with persecution or trouble or response, reaction. When you say, boy, I'm, I'm real excited about being a missionary here at home and knocking doors and getting the gospel out and trying to reach people and fired up and ready to go, and in about two hours somebody slams the door in your face five or six times and your joy is gone, excitement has gone, and somebody cusses you out in the last door. You say, that's it. I remember a fellow one time came to our church back in Indiana, our home church, and and uh, he was, well, oh, he was really fired up. I mean, he he had he had the world by the tail, and and he he was a street preacher and all that, and that's all right. But he he he's talking about, boy, I tell you, I just want to go out there and tell these sinners how to get saved and let them have it. And I was assistant pastor, and I'd go door knocking, you know, five six hours a day, four or five days a week. And I said, well, why don't you go visiting with me? He said, I've never been door to door. And I said, why don't you try it? These used to stand on the street corner and just screaming at people, telling them they're going to hell. I said, go with me. All right, I'll go. We went out in Muncie, Indiana, and we happened to be in an all-Catholic neighborhood that day. Every door was Roman Catholic. We stood there. Of course, a lot of people weren't interested, and some of them, you'd stand there and talk to them, and, and he never said a word, never said a word. Stood there. Here, I'm trying to reason with people and talk to them and give them the gospel and so on. And when we got done, he wasn't excited about going anymore. He said, I I can't do this. I said, you can't do what? He said, I I just can't stand this. I can't stand there at the door and just carry on a conversation with somebody and and just let them talk and then let me talk. And, and, And I said, well, the Bible says, come now, let us reason together. He said, I can't handle this. And he never came again. Never came again. We had one guy. Uh, he, he got all fired up. Uh, our church was really on fire for a while there. And, and he got all fired up and pumped up about going out on visitation. And he, and he went with me. And uh, his name was Rick. And uh, he, Rick and I, we went out. And I mean, he's just as excited as he can be. And I said, well, now, if you want to do this, I'll knock on the door, and you can have the next one. And we went back and forth. You know how that works? He said, oh, that's great. I'm glad. And we're going along. And he hits a door, and a woman opens the door. He tells her who we are, and she lets out a string of speaking in tongues right there in front of him. And it scared him to death. This guy's a football player. He was a boxer, all this stuff. It scared him to death. He said, I'm done. Never went again. And what he's running on is emotion. Listen, what we're doing for God has to be deeper than our emotion. It has to be deeper than skin deep. It has to be deeper than just saying, well, that's good and that's right. Listen, it has to be a conviction in our heart. This is what God has commanded us to do. This is what God's left us here for. And God expects us to be a witness. And it has to be a conviction deep down inside of us. 
Amen. Because the persecution and the trouble and the tribulation and the challenges are going to come. Amen. So there's the, there's the emotional heart. Listen, you make up your mind. This is what we're going to do for God this year. We're going to give this much. Praise God. Just make sure it's just not an emotional decision. I was in a missions conference a few years ago, and the preacher that preached, he was an expert, but he, I mean, he was good at working on people's emotions about giving. I mean, every night he's hammering away, and he was good at it. And when they got done, that church had set a goal for giving the faith promise that year, and I mean, they went way above that goal, way above it. People fired up. They took us on for support. We was one of the missionaries that was there. I was glad. Thank the Lord. Every month, like clockwork, that support came. Every month. Every month. And in about a year, the support dropped. And then it was every other month. And then it was skip three months and get another support check. And it's been that way ever since. And I have no doubt that part of that was people got emotionally fired up. They got emotionally charged up about giving. But when they started giving, they found out this wasn't as easy as it sounded. Amen. And they hit difficulties and troubles and trials and and unexpected expenses come up and unexpected breakdown. And so their faith is tested and many of them failed because it wasn't a deep-seated, deep-rooted conviction about what they were doing. It wasn't something they were absolutely certain God wanted them to do. What they ran on their emotion and it fizzled out. Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not discouraging you. I don't want to discourage you from giving, but pray. Your pastor's asking you, and I know I've done the same thing. He wants you to get your direction when it comes to your giving from God. Get your answers from God. And then when you do that, then when the bumps come and the troubles come and the trials come, you'll be able by faith to go on because you know that's what God said he would take care of if you would do it. Amen. So there's the hard heart. There's the emotional heart. Then look, if you will, again in verse 22. Bible said, He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. The thorny heart. The choked heart. Look, if you will. Now, notice it says here uh, that uh, this seed is fallen among thorny ground. And when that seed begins to sprout and come up, then the thorns and the weeds and the briars begin to choke the life out of that seed, out of that plant. And he calls that those thorns and those things that choke the life of the word, uh, he calls it the deceitfulness of riches. Turn, if you will, to Mark chapter 4. Or I'll read it to you if you want to just hold your place. In Mark chapter 4 and uh, verse 18 and 19, it's the same parable. And Jesus says here concerning this ground, He said, These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches 
and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Now here is is a heart where the word of God has has been heard, it's been received, begins to sprout, but it gets choked out by the cares of this world. Amen. I believe our churches tonight across this country are full of people who have heard the truth, the need to get the gospel around the world, the need to get the gospel down the street, the need to get the gospel in the printed page or whatever it is, and they've heard it and they've begun to do that. They begin to get involved. But the cares of this life, how am I going to pay my bills? What about my retirement? I don't have any insurance. I mean, all kinds of things. The cares of this life choke the seed out. The deceitfulness of riches. Many people start out well and then they get their eye on the riches of this world. They get their eyes on, boy, there's money to be made out here and I can, man, I can make a a good living. I can make a big living. I mean, I can live comfortably out here. And they begin to chase the riches. Then there are those who go after just the pleasures of this life. Amen. And they allow the seeking and following the pleasures of this life to choke out the Word of God in their life. And instead of being a sower now, they're a part of the world. They're either burdened down and worried to death about the cares of this life or they're chasing after the deceitfulness of riches or they're just party time with the pleasures of the world. Our churches in America are full of those kind of Christians. Right there. They're not going to do anything for God because they're either chasing, they got plenty of time for the pleasures of this world. They got plenty of time and energy and health to go after the deceitfulness of riches or they're worried to death about the cares of life, living in fear. Amen? We have to guard ourselves. You know, there is a love that God has hates love not the world neither the things that are in the world if man love the world love the father is not in him you know what will keep us from abounding as a sower of the word of God when we give our life to chasing the pleasures of this world when we give our life to chasing the riches of this world when we give our life to being burdened about with the cares of this life, when God, our Heavenly Father, already promised He'd take care of us. He'd take care of us. Brother Savali, we got to meet Brother Savali. You saw him on the video, missionary in Samoa. Brother Savali studied eight years to be a Roman Catholic priest. Never one time studied the Bible during those eight years. Amazing testimony. And then served. I don't remember how many years he actually was a priest. I believe he said about two. Was it to convert his brother to Roman Catholicism? And, they, and, and yeah, keep him Catholic. His brother was wanting to get off on something else. So he ended up getting in the Bible trying to keep his brother, make his brother stay a Catholic. And got saved. 
Amazing story. Just amazing story. Anyway, eventually God puts him in the island of Samoa there. And he's been sowing the seed of the word of God over there. Now for, since, what, 2015, did he say? They got their first shipment, I think they said, in 2015. That's whole Bibles. Before that, he was giving out tracts and John and Romans, preaching the word of God. He's built, he's worked on his second church now. I mean, he is, here's a man that's been a faithful sower of the word of God. And still is. He's over here in the States right now. We're getting ready to ship him 26,000 whole seeds. And he's going back. He's going back. Now, what would you think? If when he got back over there, while he was over here, he let some sin creep into his life. Begin to harden his heart. What if that happened to him? By the time he got back over there, sin had taken over to the point where he's just now as a Christian, just going through the motions and no longer sowing. What did you think if he, while he was back here in America, he got back here in America, he realized, boy, I tell you, I could stay in America. I could go back to America and I could make money and I could be comfortable and I'd have a nice, easy retirement. I wouldn't have to worry about a thing and I could do this and that. And he began to chase after the deceitfulnesses of riches or the pleasure of this life. All that seed waiting over there to be sown, lost people that need to hear the word of God. And because he allowed the world to creep into his life, Goes back and says, boys, I'm going back home. A lot more fun back in America. A lot more comfortable. Wouldn't that be a sad thing? But listen, you and I are just as important as sowers of the seed of the word of God. Right where we are. As he is over there. Everywhere we all live is a field. That needs sown. Everywhere everybody we run into. Has a heart. That needs the seed of the word of God. on it. God help us to guard our hearts. Against becoming hard. Against becoming stony. Against becoming choked. The devil would love nothing better than that. We must continue to guard our our hearts if we are going to abound in the work of the Lord. How many of you believe that tonight? How many of you want to have that kind of heart that when the word of God is falls on your heart, it finds good soil, good ground, and is able to take root and finds moisture and begins to grow and grow, and then begins to produce fruit for the glory of God. That's the kind of heart I want to have. And you know what? That doesn't come naturally. Just like growing a garden. My friend, you go out here and you throw some seed on that garden, and you don't do anything with it, you're not going to get a harvest. Amen. Have to work at it have to get the rocks out of it, have to cultivate the soil, have to make sure it's watered, have to make sure the weeds kept chopped out, all those things. That's what we have to do with our heart. We must continuously cultivate our heart.
hindrance. Or we'll get out of the sewing business. Our hearts get hard. They get indifferent. They get discouraged. They get defeated. They get offended. They get chasing after something else. One of the first things that will go is our mission giving. Then we'll quit. Lose a burden for the lost. Then we'll get ashamed of ourselves because we're not what we used to be and eventually quit going to church. I don't want that to happen to me, do you? I've seen it happen to people that were much better Christians than I am. can't happen to any of us. God help us. Not only do we need to realize there's differences in the hearts of the sinner, there can be differences in our hearts. What our heart may be today, it may be something else tomorrow. We need to be careful with it. Amen. Mm-hmm.